Well, come on, what a day to be in the house of the Lord. And a bunch of you were with us yesterday for our RadFam tailgate kickoff party for our life groups. It was a good day. And uh, man, it was so much fun. Had a whole lot. And we love getting together as the family of God and getting to just hang out. Sometimes we get a root on our Buckeyes. Sometimes maybe a little bit better, but we get to worship Jesus and go in this direction. But hopefully Jesus is with us wherever we are and whatever we're doing. And so thank you. Just, I love our, our Rad Fam this morning. For all of our guests, met a couple. It's great having you today on Labor Day weekend. Thank you for spending time with us. In fact, at the end of service, we have our party with the pastors, which means on the other side of that wall in our glass room, you can join us for five minutes. Just love to meet you. I hang out with you a few minutes. And today specifically is a great day to be in party with the pastors because we're going to hang out and then we're going to cut the line for the shaved ice food truck that'll be out front. So if you come hang out with us for five minutes, you'll get to pass that whole line, which means if you're in line for the, the shaved ice, the snow cones right afterward, just be prepared. We're going to cut in and someone's going to be next and we're going to jump right in front of you, uh, but you're going to cheer us on because it's guests and new people with us. And so we're thankful for that. But be sure to stay, hang out with us. We have obviously tables out there and it's going to be a great time. As well, the next two Sundays after this, we also are going to have Sunday morning food right after church. So next week we have walking tacos and drinks. You can stay for lunch and it's going to be a great time after both services. So 9.30 and 11 after both services, we will be ready to roll. Have a good time. You just have to promise me you can't come to the second service and then just get food and sit out there. You have to come to church and then we'll go eat. It'll be okay. Uh, it's going to be good. But then in two weeks, we have our chili cook-off and we need you because you're the ones that are cooking off. If you didn't know how that's going to go. And this year we have a new plan during service, our judges are going to judge the chili. And so at the end of each service, we will have winners for a couple, maybe a couple categories. I've even heard it might even be a trophy this year. I don't know. You can like go take that and throw it directly in your trash can at home, or you can put it on a mantle, whatever you want. That's up to you. And uh, it's going to be great. But you, we need you to sign up to bring your best chili so you can win a prize or so I can eat your chili. Either way is good with me. And it's going to be awesome. So if you would, you can go to radiant.family. Like everyone can do this. We could have 80 chilies. That would be a lot, but that would be great. We can have as many as we want. Sign up. Let us know. You can put in there what kind of chili you're going to bring, those sorts of things. And which service or services you will be a part of. So if you're just going to be here both times, you can set it out there, leave it. I guess you'll have two chances to win, first and second service. So that, I mean, that's good too. Uh, but if you could let us know, that will be great. And we're going to have a good time. Next week, walking tacos. Bring friends with you. It's going to be great. Two weeks, chili cook-off is going to be a lot of fun. And we'll have all the tables and the things just to have a, a wonderful time, a church family time, uh, having lunch. And so hope you will be here both weeks, and it's going to be great. The end of the month, we're going to have a movie night. So this is all about fellowship. If you didn't figure that out, September is hanging out, fellowship, jumping back into what God has, and being an opportunity to bring people with you. We're going to have a good time in the presence of Jesus as well. You can check online. There's all of the events that are coming up. Uh, time Apart Women's Retreat is coming. That's uh, one you need to sign up for. As well as Water Baptisms on September 24th. And Baby Dedications on October 1st or Child Dedications. And uh, if you need any of those, if you've not been baptized, you've given your life to the Lord, sign up for Water Baptism. It's going to be a celebration day on the 24th. And then we already have three kids that we're going to be dedicating and Bring on, more the merrier. We'll fill the stage with kids celebrating. 
and those both will happen during both services. And so thank you so much. Also, thank you for giving and being a part of Radiant Life Church. We have 75 missionaries that we get to support as a church family, and we, I love nothing more than that. That's right. I, I like that. Like, it's so much fun to support and to give away. And last, or yesterday, we had our final Tanzania team trip meeting, and so we're only like a month and a half away from being in Tanzania. 14 of us are going to be going, and it is going to be a lot of fun. In fact, we have a special thing. I don't know if the people on the, uh, the uh, TV back there are, might not be there, but we have gifts that we, we need help with, things that we're going to take with us, and uh, those are on social media, um, or at the end, they'll be up on the screen rotating in our slides, but you can buy through Amazon and have them delivered, I believe I, it was to Matt. It says Matt, something along those lines, deliver it here to the church, and then we're going to be taking, I think, six suitcases full of stuff that we're going to be able to give away in Tanzania. And just so you know, you could be praying for us already. We're going to be in the bush of Tanzania where there will be no Wi-Fi, no power, no nothing. Like we're supposed to take little battery packs that have solar on them so we can get a little bit of power to power whatever we might need, which isn't a lot where we're going to be. Literally in the middle of nowhere, I think 11 days without, is that what I heard? 11 days without Wi-Fi. So we're going to see if some of our students and maybe some of us adults can handle it. It's going to be awesome, but be praying with us that God would even prepare hearts now, our hearts, but also those that are there looking forward to it. Love being able to go make an impact in our world. You can check all that out. Uh, mission partnerships on the website. You can be in prayer for our missionaries. We had a great time on Wednesday night praying for our missionaries. Midweek is great. Last announcement, we'll jump back into the Word. But we have so much fun in here. Adults, uh, we pray, we spend time in the Word, we have worship every single Wednesday night. And then all throughout the building, our kids' ministry program, literally from birth until 18 years old, there's things throughout the building. There's a men's group on Wednesday night. If you're not here on Wednesdays, we want to invite you to come out to join us. We have at least half of our church congregation that joins us on Wednesday night, uh, which is pretty awesome. But if you're not here, we're missing you. And we would love to have you join us as we just learn and grow. And our goal is to look more like Jesus every single day. That's what it's all about. So love to have you Jump in to Wednesday nights, your children as well. It is great. Well, we're going to jump in and continue our sermon series, Enthusiastic, Enthusiastically Living Life. Right? My prayer, and I pray if you are around me, is I hope that you see someone that's excited and optimistic, and not just optimistic, but enthusiastic about everything that happens. Now, yesterday we were in the gym, uh, maybe 200-ish of us that were... Uh, cheering on and doing a thing. And if you're a, a football fan, yesterday, the Buckeyes won safe. Like, it was fine. But they gave, it was ugly. It was just an ugly, safe game, right? It was, it wasn't like we were going to lose. But it did not feel like anybody was exactly enthusiastic, including our coaches, about calling plays that would show the world anything about who we might be. That's kind of my breakdown of that game. Like, we're just going to win, it'll be fine, but we're not going to do anything fun, nothing that we can really cheer about. I was sitting next to a lady who she was just ready to cheer. It was like, we never quite got there. It was kind of like, mm. right? I don't want to live a life like that. And I think the Buckeyes have a plan. They have Notre Dame three games from now. And they're going to come out, and it'll look way different then than it did yesterday. But in my life, I don't want to live a life where some of the time I'm just like, well, I guess we're here. We have to beat Indiana. It'll be fine. Right? Or next time, next week, Youngstown State. Or I just have to make it through my day. 
or man, there's one more work week, or oh, I made it through Wednesday, so now there's only two more days in my, you know, have we ever heard those sorts of things, or people literally talk like that, like, I'm gonna make it, I think, but I'm not really sure. I, I will not live my life in such a way that I might make it through Wednesday, or I might make it to Friday. Because if you didn't know, there's another Wednesday and another Friday. It's going to keep going. So Lord, let us be people that are enthusiastic and are excited and pumped up about everything we get to do. That includes, number one, Lord, what's the word of God? What does it say? And how is it going to change my life? Because no help, self-help book, no person in my life, no anything is going to make a real difference outside of the word of God. Then all those other things, my friends, my family, my counselor, I don't care what it is, they can help. But if the word of God is not the thing that I'm excited about, then we miss it. Church, we miss what God is going to do. And it's kind of like, even if we're fine, even if our life's fine, it's like that game yesterday. A little boring, a little lackluster. Let's not do anything that might throw, you know, rock the boat at all. We're just going to run the ball, a four-yard throw. Let's do it again and again and again, right? That's, I don't want to live my life like that. And as a church family, we are not going to be a church that lives our life that just kind of does our thing and hopes that next week's better than this week and maybe it'll be all right in the future, but not really today, right? And when we think about it, it's silly and it's funny and it's whatever, but all of us know people and all of us probably have been there in those seasons. We've been in those moments. In fact, somebody this morning is kind of like, I'm there right now. I mean, we're not going to make you come up here. We're not going to have a prayer time at the altar or anything. But if we asked you, you'd be like, that's me. I just, ah, I need some excitement in my life. And we're learning in the book of Ephesians that when we are in God, there's something about the enthusiasm of being in God. There's an enthusiasm that comes when we're not just living our life, but we're living our life how God would have us live our life. There's an excitement that I'm not going to work to a place I either do or do not like, and probably we could split the room, and it might be 50-50, like, woo, I like my job, or love my job, and there might be 50 or 30 or 20 percent at least who are like, I hate my job, but it pays the bills, right? There, it does enough, and I'm here to say that when we're in God, your job is not about whether you like it or whether it even pays your bills, but it's what are you called to do and who is there that you're called to reach? Who are, who's there that you're called to love? Who's there that you're called to make a difference in? Which means we cannot wake up and be like, I hate my job. I hate my even life or situation. Because today, Lord, what do you have for me? Today, who do you have me to minister today? Who, who do you have me to go share with? Now, for some of you, I'm not saying you need to work at the job you're at the rest of your life. Maybe that's not the case, and someday you'll have a job that you love the job part. But today, all of us should be able to agree that we should love the people wherever God would put us. In fact, I see some students right up here. You might not, or maybe you do, I don't know, love school, but you need to do your school, and you need to pour into the people around you, the kids around you, even the teachers around you, what God is doing in your life. So school is not about homework. School is about the people that God has literally sent you to evangelize. That's what we are. And when our life turns that direction, we start to think just a little bit different. And all of a sudden, I can be like, I'm not even an excited person. I can't say that, but maybe you could. But you're like, I'm excited about life because God has something for me today. And if you say, I'm not sure what the calling is God has for me, I don't know what that could look like. Church, all we have to do is open our eyes 
All we have to do is look at somebody around us. There you're calling. He's put you there. You don't have to look for some huge calling. Now, God may give you this huge calling, whatever that means, but your huge calling right now might start with your children at your house. Oh, man, I have to be enthusiastic about my kids and parenting every moment. Yes, yes, actually, that's exactly what. Lord, give me enthusiasm. Lord, give me enthusiasm to discipline my children when they're being, I don't even know what, whatever they're being. Lord, give me enthusiasm to pour into them much more fun. Life when there's opportunities and teaching and training and building up. Lord, give me enthusiasm when it's been a long day and they just want you to go play volleyball in the backyard. And now we have, we have enough kids that we can play the whole thing. Like any sport, we can pretty much play just with our family, which is great. But also, I don't want to go. I just want to sit. I just want to, right? Lord, give me enthusiasm. The number one ministry, my own home, my own family. And the, the verses we read a few minutes ago out of Ephesians chapter 5, 1 and 2. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. And walk in love as Christ loved us. That sounds awesome, but it's on the screen. What's the very next portion? And gave himself up for us. A fragrant offering. And sacrifice to God. When I think of being enthusiastic, we need to be enthusiastic in love, even to the point of laying our life down for the person on our left or right. And I probably say this way too much, but when we think of loving people, Jesus died on a cross. He gave his life up for literally the people that were putting him on the cross at the time. He's not being asked to love those that you're easy and love those that it's just fun and love those that you're like, I like these people. Jesus gave his life for people, including you and me, who would go directly against him and against his love and against what he has for us. That's what God is calling us to do. And there's no way we can love our school or our world or the people at our business or where we work or in our neighborhood. There's no way unless I let the love of God change my life and then I enthusiastically go to love people around me. It's impossible. I cannot just ho-hum walk into life and hopefully I love somebody and it encourages somebody today. Like, that's not going to happen. But if we go into our life with the calling of being an imitator of God, if we go into life with the calling of giving our life up, loving our world like Jesus, which is all the way, then we may have moments like the night of his betrayal where we're in the garden saying, Lord Jesus, please. Okay, he didn't say Lord Jesus. That'd be weird. Pray to himself. But Lord God, we can say Jesus. Lord God, take this cup from me. Have you ever been in a spot, maybe that job I mentioned, like, Lord, take this cup from me. Is it possible God hasn't taken it from you because he has something for you to do there, to serve there, someone? That you being there is going to change their life forever. In fact, you being there, they're going to be in heaven forever, and you just have to bear through. I, also, I mean, just how I think it's possible if you really want to get out of that job, win everybody there for Jesus. So God's got to be like, well, you have to go somewhere else because there's nobody else to evangelize. What happens if literally our life changes and we're saying, I want to be an imitator of you, which means I want to love everyone around me, starting with you. I want to look like you, act like you, talk like you. I want to be sweet smelling before you. I want to be a fragrance that when, you, when God would smell what is happening or Radiant Life Church, he's like right there. That's where I want to be. I don't want to go over there. That 
not so much, but right there. My church, my people, you. God wants to be with us when we act like him, look like him, talk like him. So today, I want to be an imitator of God. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. Now, I love being a dad. Sometimes I make jokes about parenting because parenting is incredibly difficult. Uh, If you don't think it's difficult and you are a parent, then you need to teach some serious and write some books and do some stuff. Uh, Parenting's hard. Like even really great children. And if you know my children, they are pretty amazing. They're easy children to parent. But you have five kids, then you put seven people in a house, and then there's good and obviously bad. And if you have five kids, they do like, actually they love to fight each other. And they love it. And they love to take the bait, right? All humans in the room do, but take the bait. It's like, just don't respond to them when they say that, and then you're not going to have this problem over here, right? So parenting is difficult, but I also, I love parenting. And I love the thought of be imitators of God as beloved children, because our children, they literally walk around and follow us, want to look like us, want to do what we do, want to be what we are, They want to be like you. Now, first, parents in the room, or if you're not a parent, there's kids in this church, and you're part of the church, that means you've got a high calling, just so they can look at you and walk towards Jesus, just so they can look at you and see what he has, so that you you lead them right to Jesus with your life. There's nobody that gets to walk into Radiant Life Church and be like, well, I'm going to act however I want today, because there's a kid that's going to see you, and it makes a difference in your life. And parents Every single hour of every single day, your kids, when you're together, see what you do, see how you act, and they will imitate what you do. What a huge calling. And here we're being told to imitate God like that. Now, my son Jordan, he, uh, I would call him a little mini me. When I say that from literally pictures when I was his age, like he, we're just like, we could be twins if you just took a few years and, you know, loft them off. And it's kind of amazing. And from all time, I think he's somewhere. I think he's on camera over there. Uh, he has always just wanted to be like his dad. I think a lot of that's normal for kids, right? He's wanted to be like his dad. Wants to dress like his dad. All of the things. Like, it's just what his heart is. It is so cool. It's so fun. It makes you feel like, whoa, this is awesome. Now Chandler, he's eight years old. He's starting to have that same sort of thing. And it was before. I, think, I don't know why, but when he was young, he was like, no, I don't know. Like mom was everything, everything. But it's starting to turn for, for me, for the good. And uh, I'm really enjoying it. I'm not going to lie. It's pretty awesome. Sorry, Rachel, but my boys want to be like their dad. It's amazing. But everything you do, they do. Everything and how you act, they act. And what you dress, they dress. And we are being told to be imitators of God. What did he do? How did he walk? How did he live? That is what we're supposed to do. 1 Peter 1, 13 through 16 says, Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. 
Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. And church, there's something about realizing when we imitate God, we're not called just to do what he did or just copy him, but you're called to live a holy life. You're called to a higher standard, and not a higher standard because there's laws and rules in the Bible, although those are easy. Those are like low-hanging fruit. We know, don't kill somebody, right? Can we all agree? The Bible says it, it's true, it's obvious. There's a whole lot more. We could just pull them straight out, and we might look a little bit more through this chapter. There's a list of them that's coming. But we are called not only to do those things, but we're called to be holy like he's holy. We're called to know him, to live and serve him, not to think about him or to admire him or to adore him, although we love that. That's like to me worship. That's a big part of worship. We get adore and sing praises. But if that's all we do is sing to him and we don't begin to live like him and look like him, we miss what he wants to do. And in fact, it's impossible to me, it's impossible to live an enthusiastic Christian life if all we want to do is think about God and all we want to do is admire how good God is. We want to think about who he is and that's where we stop. Then why do we need to be enthusiastic about our life and who we are? But when we realize God is literally calling us and choosing us and placing us in a place where we serve him and look like him and talk like him, it's all different. When we begin to imitate him, when we begin to, to do the things he has called us to do, God's behavior towards us is the model for our behavior towards others. He is more than an example, but church, I'm thankful that he is an example. I'm thankful, church, that he, we can look at him through his word. We can look at him and say, Lord, I want to be like that and do that. That's who I am. That's what I want to be all about, right? We have an example and a model. I want to imitate him. I want to be what he has called me to be. When we act according to our nature as children of God, we will imitate him. The key is acting to, according to our nature in God, what he has, and not our nature as human and our flesh and the sin nature. We do really well at that part, right? Anybody, anybody you would agree? Like, we're good at that sinning thing. I'm good at that sinning thing. That's easy. There's no problem. But when I begin to say, Lord, I'm going to imitate you, and I'm not going to be that person or have that nature, but I'm going to have the nature God would give me. I'm going to walk in holiness and righteousness. I'm going to walk in God. Then all of a sudden, there's an enthusiasm and an excitement for the things of him. And it gets fun. And I better get moving or else we're never going to get out of here. Second today is we better love like Christ. The beginning of verse 2, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. He laid it all down. Church, if we're going to enthusiastically love our world, we have to give it all. Not a little bit, not sometimes, not in certain hours or certain periods or at certain events or group times. But we have to love like Jesus. And you don't lay your life down for somebody in one moment and that's it. No, it's a consistent, it's a process. Jesus came and every moment of his life he was working towards his goal. And what that goal was was to be the sacrifice so that your sin and my sin could be taken down on a tree, him. And that he would take it, he would defeat that thing. And in our life, if we're going to love our family and love our world and love our enemies and love the people that are easy to love to us, whatever that means it's a consistent process of lord i will love like christ i will give everything up not for a few people but lord whatever you'd have me to do i will do it i'm gonna love i'm gonna share 
I'm going to lay my life down. I'm going to go to Tanzania and not have Wi-Fi for 11 days. That seems like maybe all of us are on the same page. That's going to be probably a big deal. There's four students going on this trip. I can't wait. Like, awesome, awesome. Right? Lord, I'm going to give everything down. And we think of an 11-day period of time. That's going to be a massive deal. We're talking about a life of, Lord, I am going to imitate you and I will lay my life down which means if I need to be on my knees in prayer for my family member or my son or daughter or my mom or dad or someone, Lord, I'm going to pray and pray and pray and pray, and I know it's going to happen because our God is good. If I need something, I'm going to pray and believe and look different and act different. If I need a new dose of boldness and that's not your thing or my thing, then, Lord, I'm going to pray. Lord, at work today, I wouldn't normally go and talk to somebody about you or pray for someone, but I'm going to be so prayed up, so excited about the things you have that I'm going to lay my life down or my personality, my own, what I would do. I'm going to lay that down. And today, I'm going to get bold. And for some of you, you just got exhausted thinking about getting bold because that's like not what you do is just go talk to somebody. But when we start, all of a sudden, maybe some super outgoing in the room, people in the room need to cool it in some situations. A few weeks ago, we actually talked about that. Like the right thing, the right way, the right excitement. Lord, I'm going to lay my life down, and not just because of my personality or what I want or what's about me, but now it's about the people around me. And each person in this room needs something different. Each person in this room, and what about the people at your job that don't know the Lord yet? They need to see Jesus in your life, and maybe they need to hear Jesus a little different from one to the other to the next. Discipleship journey is not one person all the way through, and everyone's the same. No, it looks different. And Lord, I'm going to lay my life down to learn what the people around me need. Jesus, you laid it all down for me, and I want to do the same for you. And that last part of verse 2 says, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. I'm going to imitate God. I'm going to love like Christ, and I'm going to smell good before God. I'm just going to lay it out there. We've all been in situations and places where you're, you're around somebody, and you're like, Someone neglected deodorant. But you've also been around someone who you're like, I think we're past deodorant. Like, I don't understand all things. You've been in a place, and I just think sometimes, like, Lord, this week, this day, if you were here, and you are, but if I could talk to you, what, what do I look like, or what do I smell like to you? Like, really? And sometimes I don't even want to ask that question because sometimes I don't think this was my best week. And not necessarily right or wrong or doing sin or not doing sin, but not my best week in listening for your voice. Not my best week in loving people. Not my best week going outside of my norm, maybe because someone down the street needed some help. Not my best week at doing and being who you would be in my life if you were leading me. Oh, you are leading me. Oh, yeah, Lord, I've missed letting you lead me this week. And I I don't know how sweet smelling that is. Not to mention, Lord, this week there was sin, or Lord, this week I really messed up with that person, and Lord, could you put that back together? And Lord, this, ah, we do those human things, those flesh things, and Lord, I don't want that to be what you smell when you come around me. And I'm so thankful for the grace of God. I'm so thankful, because if it was about us, we would all fail. If it was about us, none of us are going to smell good before the Lord. But Lord, within that grace and what you've done and who you've made me and how you've created me, Lord, now my life, I want it to look like you. I want it to be a sweet-smelling aroma to you. Ezekiel 20, 
40 through 42 says, For on my holy mountain, the mountain height of Israel, declares the Lord God. They are all the house of Israel. All of them shall serve me in the land. There I will accept them. And there I will require your contributions and the choices of your gifts with all your sacred offerings. As a pleasing aroma, I will accept you. I bring you out from the peoples and gather you out of the countries where you have been scattered. And I will manifest my holiness among you in the sight of the nations. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I bring you into the land of Israel, the country that I swore to give your fathers. And church, we are not called to do that, to go into, right, we're here. But we are called to do what he's called us to do. We're called to choice contributions. We're called to the goodness of God. We're called to giving and to pouring out. We're called. And when we do, church, we start to look like Jesus. We start to act like Jesus. We start to love like Jesus. And I believe there's a sweet-smelling aroma. And when I think about what I believe God wants to do here at Radiant Life Church and then way beyond us, but as his church He's looking for a bride, a church that would be holy and righteous because of who he is, but also because then we say, Lord, now let me look more like you, love more like you, act more like you, and all of a sudden there's a sweet-smelling aroma. And on Sunday mornings, I pray if we could look in the heavenlies. This might not be exactly how God looks at it. I, yeah, that's all right. But I pray he would see just a smell a fragrance that arises that says, I want to go. I'm going to pour myself into that because there's people that care and love. There's people that are excited about loving, enthusiastic about it, loving, enthusiastic about being what I've called them to be. Church, we're not trying to avoid things so we can be pleasing, but instead we are called to live in the manner of who we are in Christ. And there's something about realizing it's not about the list, although I start there, that's great, but it's about who are you in Christ? Who has he created and called you to be? And now we're called to live in that manner, the manner that only God can create in you and do in you. You can't be that without him. He makes you smell good. He makes you look good. He took your sin. He died on the cross. He did it all. His grace is what it is. And now we get to say, Lord, it's not even about a hundred or a thousand things I can't do. But Lord, what do you want me to do? And who do you want me to be? And I have found in my life and all through the word of God, I think Paul lays it out pretty good, when we come from a perspective, not of what we can't do, although we're going to read a couple things real fast here in a moment that are laid right after this. But when that's not what it's about, but it's, Lord, I'm going to be all you've called me to be and love and care and serve and be your hands and your feet to my world. It is fun to serve the Lord. It is exciting to serve the Lord. It's not some drag or something that's negative. In fact, my favorite memories in my life are church, our camps, our conferences, when we come in the presence of God. And then when we go serve and we see somebody on a street come to know the Lord just because we walked up to their house and started talking about them like at Seek a Save a month or two ago. There's nothing like being in those moments saying, God, you broke open heaven just a little bit out in the hilltop, and all it took is a ring on a doorbell and a little bit of boldness. Lord, that's what I want. And I think the sweet-smelling aroma of what God has, whew, it's exciting. It's exciting, church, when we get all in for him. And you know those lists, those things, the, the sin. I am, I, if you're around, you know, we talk about sin. Sin is horrible. Why? Because it hurts us. It hurts others. It, 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 the reason God says don't get drunk with wine, why? Because terrible things happen. 
The reason God says don't kill, why it obviously kills someone. It's the opposite of life, but it also ruins families. The reason we can't steal, what's that do? It might, I don't know, it might be good, I guess, for moments for you, but what's it do? It takes from a brother or a sister. And now there's no way there can be trust, and how can we be one? You can't steal from each other. There's no way we can talk bad about each other and then come and worship in the same breath and actually be, there's no way. And if we are his family, if we are loving, if we are it, then the sin must go. It must And the only way that most of us have any hope of getting rid of the sin is coming under the grace of God and letting him lead us and guide us and say, I am not that person anymore. That's dead and gone, but I'm alive in Christ and now I get to serve him. And my life is all different because he first loved me. He first gave his life for me. And now I get the opportunity to love others. And I pray that none of us ever have to lay down our lives in an actual martyr sort of way. But you know what? The Bible puts a pretty high spot of honor on laying down a life. And even when I pray, I pray there's no persecution like that. Lord, if there's one way that would be the best way to die is, Lord, all in where I give my life for a friend. That's what the word would say. So, Lord, open my heart that I at least am willing to go across the the driveway to the next driveway to talk to a friend, to talk to a neighbor I've never known. At least I would start there. And then, Lord, whatever you have, I'm going to say yes to it. I'm going to do it because I just want to do what you've called me to do. You know, I just want to read a couple of the next, and we're going to close. I'm not even going to jump into them. But those first verses, therefore be imitators of God as beloved children. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. The very next verses, but sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you. That's pretty strong, right? Not even named. We want to, I think I said I'm not going to say something. I have to say a little bit about a few of them. I can't help myself. We want to skirt the edge. Well, what is okay or what's not okay? It says not even to name those things among us. Church, we're not called to be as close to sexual immorality. We're not called as to our covetousness as we can be. We're called to be so far away. We won't even let those things be talked about. Because they're just going to hurt people around us and ourselves. As is proper for the saints, don't name those things. Then verse 4, let there be no filthiness, nor fully talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place. Uh Uh-oh, do we let those things come out of our mouth? And sometimes do we let those things, not like in a, I mean, like in a church environment, do we sometimes maybe let filthiness or at least foolish talk and crude joking They're out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving, for you may be sure of this. Church, this should terrify some of us. It terrifies me. Lord, I don't want any part that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Church, we need to love the Lord because we can't get out of this stuff and not do this stuff and not be these things unless we love the Lord. But when we love him, he's going to give you the strength and me the strength, thank Jesus, to not walk in these things. It's a serious deal. No inheritance in the kingdom of God, it says. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. 
Church, all over our world and now and for all time, there's people who say it's okay, it doesn't matter. Cultural norms and what becomes okay. Is it the word of God? And if not, we got to be away and we've got to stand for truth. And I don't care what it costs us. I don't care what it costs me. It is nothing, nothing like being on the other side of not inheriting the kingdom of God. I'm going to love my community and my world and my friends and people that do not think like me. I'm going to love people that they're not followers of Jesus. They're not supposed to act like Jesus. They're not following him. But there's no way I'm going to let that be in my life or a part of who I am. There's no way I'm going to accept those as things we have to accept. The word of God is so clear and powerful. Therefore, do not become partners with them. For one time you were darkness, but now you are the light in the Lord. You're the light. You're light in the Lord, church. You used to be those things. You used to be about that, but no more. Church, our God, his grace is so big for you today. And if you are here and you need God to do something because you're like, oh man, this, this hurts a little bit. I prefer the love part, but, uh, or even the love part, Lord, I need to love people. I feel confident every one of us in this room could love people better. I feel confident every one of us could get rid of some of those things probably a little bit better in our life. And Lord, I need you to do it because I can't do it on my own. I don't care how many support groups, I don't care how many whatever, or how many counselors I have, I can't do it on my own. Lord, I need you to change my thinking to look like yours, who you've created me to be, who you've called me to be. That's who I'm gonna be. So church, on this Labor Day weekend, are we loving like Jesus? Are we acting like Jesus? It is impossible to say I love God. It's impossible to say I'm doing all that God has. It's impossible to say I love the world if I let sin and those things in my life because sin hurts you and it hurts other people. And so Lord, help me to get rid of all those things so the best imitation I can possibly be of you is who I am. It means Lord, things that I've maybe done my whole life or struggled with my whole life or didn't even think of as a struggle until today or recently. Or when I met you, Lord, would you take those things and help me look different? As we close, I want to hit one more time. God's grace is so huge. And my goal is not ever that anyone would leave here discouraged. The exact opposite. He loves you. He died for you. He has the best for you. And my goal is every time I bring the word that no one would leave here and say, ah, I'm good. I don't need any more or I don't need to look different. Because until we get to heaven where there's no tears, death, sorrow, or sin, church, Pastor Chris, Chris Gross, husband, dad, friend, boy, I need more of Jesus. I need to look more like him. I need to act more like him. I need to love more like him. I need to care more like him. I don't have it. I think all of us were there. We don't have it. So Lord, help me. Help me deal with situations. And as Radiant Life Church, I pray that we would love more like Jesus. That the fragrant smell of who we are in him would be stronger and stronger and in fact out back there's soccer fields that we just were able the the company just put grass seed down i'm praying that that grass seed grows so well in this spring we have hundreds of young people and adults that are going to be on this property and i pray that there's just a fragrance that they're like i like being here there may be better fields or better grass i don't even care 
but I like being here. I pray that every week, 200 and some kids that are dropped here, they say, I like being here. And it's a daycare. It's all day long. Sometimes it might feel like prison, right? Because it's all day every day for these kids. Sometimes it might feel like prison for the leaders. But Lord, I pray that they feel that they want to be here because there's a sweet aroma. Because we're worshiping. And this morning, if you say, I've never given my life to Jesus. And today, God's knocking on your heart. It is so amazing. All you have to do is ask him, Lord, come be my Savior, my Lord. I repent of my sin. And he welcomes you in. The word says that all of heaven rejoices when one gives their life to him. And in fact, as we close out this morning, I'm going to pray a prayer blessing on everyone. But first, if we could just bow our heads in the room just for a moment of just focus on the Lord. If you'd say, I've never given my life to Jesus, and today I want to know this Jesus. Today I want to look more like him. Today I want to start that process, and I realize I can't look like him, can't smell like him, I can't be like him unless I know him and walk in him. And you'd say, that's me. I'm going to ask you just real bold. All I'm going to ask you to do is today is raise your hand, and then we'll pray together. Is there anybody in here? You'd say, that's me. Would you just raise your hand up real high so I can see? I'm going to be sure I don't miss anybody. Anybody today? The most important thing we do is giving opportunity for Jesus. Awesome. I don't see a hand today. If I miss somebody, you can ask him right now. Lord, come into my life. Forgive me. And he welcomes you in. This morning, I want to pray over each one. Lord, I pray that today you would bless this church. Lord, I pray that we would enthusiastically love our world. And Lord, that means we would enthusiastically step out of sin, step out of darkness, and step into your marvelous, marvelous light. Lord, that we would enthusiastically cry out, get on our knees in prayer. Lord, we want to love like you love. Lord, I pray that work this week, Lord, that time with family maybe today or tomorrow, that when we're in our community or neighborhood, Lord, it's not just being where we have to be to make money or where we are to live, but Lord, it would be our mission field. We would be missionaries of the gospel. We would be taking you to our world and we would love like you did that we're willing to give and lay down our life for a friend if that's what it took. But Lord, that we wouldn't think of this big moment of sacrificing our lives and miss the everyday moment of just starting a conversation with someone, of encouraging someone, of being bold to pray with someone of being bold to, to bring healing and wholeness to God as you would use us, empower us. Lord, we ask that that would happen on church, at church, but Lord, even more on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. Lord Jesus, would you use your church because we love you and we get bold for you and excited in you. Lord, let us be your hands and feet. And Lord, I pray for one or two or a few here today that Lord, they are down their spirit is down. They don't have any enthusiasm, Lord, for anything right now. Lord, I pray for freedom and wholeness. I pray that you would give enthusiasm, Lord, to the people, not just for life and not just for things, but enthusiasm for you, that they would be in you, Lord. And because they're in you, today they could leave and they could have a snow cone, they could celebrate, they could have fun and be excited, God, about life, even if the circumstances are difficult, even if, God, they don't know. Lord, those things may not leave immediately, but Lord, they can be excited about what you're doing and the fact that you will walk with them through the journey that they're in. Lord, let us all walk in enthusiasm. And one more time, God, we ask you that this would be a place where our hearts line with yours. And Lord, it's a sweet aroma to you. Lord, it's a sweet aroma. Lord Jesus, just like what you did on the cross, that sweet aroma, that's what we're called to, to have a sweet aroma of, of worship to you 
of laying ourselves down before you. We lay ourselves on the altar and say, you, Jesus, move in us and through us. Let us enthusiastically walk in love. We thank you, God. You're so good. You're so good, Jesus. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, come on, church. I'm so thankful that you are here this morning, Labor Day weekend. What a great day. What a great time. And right now, we have two things that are happening. Number one, party with the pastors. If you're new here, you just want to. You don't even have to rush out of here. We're going to meet on the other side of the, or in the glass room, right on the other side of that wall, five minutes. And then everybody else before, go get in line, start getting snow cones, all the good stuff. But then Remember, we're going to come, and our party with the pastors group is going to break right in and cut some folks off, and it's going to be great. We're going to bless our, our guests, and Pastor Rachel and I will be a, leading that charge. So we're going to have to cut you as well. Can't do anything about it. Uh, it's going to be a good time. So I want to encourage you, stay for a little bit. Don't rush out of here. What do you have to do? I mean, even if you have something, just, uh, just be a little late. It's fine if you can. But hang out with your church family. We have a bunch of uh, tables out there. You can rest. Uh, you can sit down, enjoy, meet some new people, have some fun. We love you all. Thank you for being here. Have a great Labor Day. Be careful what you watch. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you talk about. Savor the presence of Jesus. Party with the pastors begins right now.